Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in gathering. Oh, my good name. One. I know it was it was obvious. It was real. Yeah. My name is Summer Yeager and I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And Joy, I want you to know that if I ever got it in my head to put on a women's conference or to literally plan anything, I know that I literally... Not only would I would not do it without you, I actually could not <laughs> do it without you. And that is a very real sentiment. I actually believe that because I think I got the most clear picture of it today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to tell them how incompetent I am? Because that's when fine. you're like, okay, let's all go to dinner because she's in town and, yeah. you know, she wants to see people. Yeah. She's like, let's all go to dinner. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Where do you want to go to dinner? <laughs> and you're like, a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, and I was like, okay, we'll just tell everyone that. <laughs> They'll know where to show up. I literally, I literally was like, Joy, I need you to tell me what time what, and where. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I'm planning this thing, right? But I need you to tell me yeah. the details, <laughs> or yeah. it's just not going to happen. I never. It's been very recently that I realized how detailed my brain is. Wow. It took you a long time to pick up on that. I guess I just never, I thought, here's what it is. I thought everyone thought like that. Oh my. (laughs) And then you hung out with me. Which is a really confusing way to live your life. (laughs) Wow. Some people don't know anything about a detail. What's a detail? (laughs) What is that? That's me. Yeah. So I've spent a lot of my life being confused (laughs) about why other people... (laughs) I'm confused why I can't just say, let's go to a restaurant. Like, why can't that be enough for you guys? I have to tell you where and when. Jeez. Come on. I know. These are high maintenance. I know. <laughs> but you're right. I am Joy. And I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. And Summer, I'm just glad you're here. Oh, <laughs> me too. I know. It's kind of weird, but it's not weird. We talk a lot anyway, like message back <laughs> yeah, and yeah. forth. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where you don't realize how much you like being around someone until you're not around them as much. And then you're around them and you're like, like, I don't know what it is, but I just feel really happy and excited whenever this person's around. Yeah. Yeah. No, that just means you're friends and you like them. I know. (laughs) But friends are weird. Yeah. I said to my husband the other day, I was like, isn't it weird that like you just meet someone and then you're just like you're my person yeah and I'm gonna like be your friend or I'm gonna marry you and then like all of a sudden that's just like the person you like you chose that yeah it's weird because you grow up in a family that you didn't choose yeah but then when you're an adult you choose who you're around this yeah. is such a dumb thing to say out <laughs> loud but it's like it's weird I think it's a thing a lot of people think though okay because it is it's really strange how it's strange we are just this big group this huge population and some of us meet and some of us will never meet yeah and so much just happens yeah without anyone really witnessing it yeah and then there's like people in your life that like you know them but you're never going to be like super close to them and it just is what it is it's not even like a it's neutral yeah then there's some people you could never be neutral about right i could never be neutral about you is yeah oh that was so nice What a sweet thing for me to say. I have a question for you. Okay. Um, (laughs) What? Um, I actually had someone ask me this question the other day. Mm. And then something you said earlier made me want to ask you. Okay. So, like, what kinds of things make you cry? Like, make you weepy? I'm not talking about tragedy. Right. Like, there are things that we all should grieve over. But I just mean everyday little things mm-hmm. that 
you're just you like you find yourself like blinking a lot yeah and you know like when you open your eyes wider and yeah. it's, all, it's like to increase the surface area of your eye so yeah that, like the tear just stays in there yes <laughs> what, I did that what a kinds lot of things <laughs> okay so <laughs> i know why you're asking me this question <laughs> and it's because I told you that I didn't put mascara on today because I always cry every time. <laughs> every what time. she said was, remind me to put my mascara on because I usually wait until later <laughs> to put my mascara on because I always cry it off. <laughs> and I was like, what? Every day? <laughs> no. And that's that, not what she meant. No, but I made it sound like I just can't, I have to wait until three every day <laughs> right. to put my mascara on. <laughs> Because I'm going to be crying. Because I that. just got to get my noon crying. <laughs> okay. So, well, so when I come here and I drive here, I have to leave super early in the morning. So it's still dark out. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I, by the time I'm like, the sun starts coming up, I'm like in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, the mountains. I'm like not. I'm not in that boring part of the desert. Some people have only seen boring desert where right. it's just flat. You're missing out. You are missing out. I am in. I'm in a part of the desert where I'm just like I love Arizona so yeah. much and it's so beautiful and I don't even like going outside. <laughs> but like I feel this real just like I get I get it like I get this whole thing and I'm just like so normally in the morning because it's so early and I'm so tired and. I'm coming here to do this thing, which, you know, believe it or not, I take pretty seriously. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I just, I'm usually listening to like my favorite worship songs. Mm -hmm. And then like the sun starts coming up. (laughs) And then I'm like, I'm like screaming how great they're, how great thou art. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like bawling my eyes out (laughs) because it's so beautiful. Like, you know, and I was thinking this morning, I was like, this is the, like, out nature where you actually like get to see like the glory that you're singing about like this is the place that right. like is gonna make you like it, it's it's totally Romans 1 it's totally the heavens declare mm-hmm. the glory of God like it's totally his invisible attributes being seen through that which has been made like it's all of those things well and it's out there happening whether you're driving through it or not right but like, we don't get to there. see it right like it's like God just created it to glorify himself. All this amazing stuff is happening yeah. out in the world. Yeah. At all times. Yeah. And it, it's not for us. No. Like he doesn't even need us to see it. No. For it to be glorifying to right. him. Right. And then you get to see it. Yeah. And I just get really emotional. But then I was also thinking, okay, so out in creation where you get to see these things and you're singing worship songs, like this is a really great place to be. But then I also thought it was like, you know what? Even better than singing worship here alone in the desert which is a great place to do it don't get me wrong like I part of the reason I look forward to the drive is for that first like two hours where it's dark and the sun comes up and I'm just like this is so great like it's not I have to wait a little bit before I can actually start like listening to books or anything Mm -hmm. because I'm just not awake yet right (laughs) um but then I was thinking like you know what the only other best place to do this is during corporate worship right at church like that is the ultimate place to sing worship because it gives you a a, a view of what it's going to be like in glory when we're all just together worshiping forever. So I was just like thinking, and this is literally just, it was the first time I've ever thought of this was a couple hours ago, <laughs> but just like, okay, so it's really great. We should worship God in everything that we do. Yes. But like when you're intentionally worshiping God, you should be doing it at all times, but it's like, wow, like corporate worship, as much as I love singing and seeing the sunrise and being in the desert, like it's all great. But like corporate worship is still my favorite time of like singing and stuff like that, because it's even better than seeing the sun come up. Right. Um, And I don't cry because I'm around other people and I can't cry in front of people. So. Right. So it's fine. Everything's I'm fine. Also, I'm also a lone crier. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm, do not wait every for me to once cry in while, front of you. Every once in a while. Yeah. Don't place any bets on no. that. No. But anyway, that, so that's when I'll cry. And it's like, and then I also realized, I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't tip my like Bible that I read out of on a 
daily basis is not the King James version, but I really get like my hymns on, you know, with that have like the King James right. phraseology, yeah. like how great thou art. And yeah. it is well, like the versions that stick to that old language, like they're still the best. Yeah. There. What anybody says. There. I agree. So anyway. Love it. What's your answer? Um, Cats. I do cry at animal videos yeah. sometimes. <laughs> I do that. I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also cry, you know, videos where... The military um, people return home. Kind of. Okay. But here's where what really gets me yeah. is those videos of, like, celebrities surprising their fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they're there to see someone yeah. or they're there for just, like, some special event. And then 100%. they, like, come out from behind the thing. 100%. And they're so My dad happy. is a sucker for those videos. <laughs> if Josh Groban surprises anybody. I love the Josh Groban. <laughs> my dad's seen it. <laughs> like, so into it's those. It's just so, I don't know what he it is. send them to me. <laughs> kind or, of offended he doesn't. Of course, any video of a baby hearing oh or when they get their glasses for the first time, the first yeah. time the oh and done done over done. yes yeah one billion percent with you yeah yeah okay <laughs> so we just had a lot of fun and i this episode is not fun for me yeah it's just not fun for me no um, me either and uh, okay so we uh, that's how much i can't i don't even know how to start this we have had a lot of questions and requests um, to talk about the if gathering, uh, what it is, what we think about it. And I have put it off, put it off um, because we ha- we have mentioned the if gathering. I think it was like in our third or fourth episode and it was very in passing Um I have put it off because I don't want to be a podcast that is um, has an unnecessary focus on discernment. Um, I think that discernment is something that should be exercised in your daily life as a result of biblical study and not necessarily following people who exist solely to do that. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with discernment ministries necessarily. I just think that very few of them do it well or do it right. It's hard to do and it can become very consuming. Um, And also because I do believe that there are sisters in the Lord that are involved in the if gathering. Um, And so I want to be so careful and so fair and so respectful when I talk about the conference and so through a series of events basically uh, we had so many questions about the if gathering I was like well in order to do my due diligence I have to ask Joy if she wants to do it because we're obviously not going to do a topic we both don't agree on doing because we right. do this together right. and I was like Joy will say no let's not do that and then we can move on <laughs> so I and don't then, have to do it <laughs> and then I don't have to do this thing and then Joy was like okay and I was like oh okay <laughs> um, and then sometimes neither of us wanted to talk about a thing but um, it just kind of happen lines up and i think some of the episodes that have produced the most fruit in our personal lives have been those episodes episodes that really neither of us care to do or want to do or 100 (laughs) percent, 100 percent. so it's like it's more like the episodes we need to do and we're supposed to do right and then shockingly um if i am Reading the internet right, the 2018 If Gathering is happening later this week. (laughs) Right. Which I also didn't plan. Yeah. But that sounds like a fake sentence, (laughs) given that this is when this is happening. Right. Um, So anyway, if you don't know what the If Gathering is, um, let me just tell you. It is, I think, the largest evangelical women's conference. Um, I think like the TGC Women's Conference might be a rival, but I don't even know if it comes close to the numbers because it's big. the cool thing about the IF Gathering is that you can do it from your local church. You don't have to fly and travel and you can live stream it. And so they and they do a really great job. They're 
marketing is great, and they've just really got it together. So you well, can. And it's like a, it's apart from like the conference too. Like right. Like it's an all there's the time. If, there, yeah. There's if stuff going on all the time. Right. Um, and the crazy thing is they've only been around since 2013 or 2014. So they're very, very young. It's very new. And like overnight, it was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, Huffington Post ran an article on them back in 2014. Um, and it was kind of a glowing article. The headline was, If Gathering of Evangelical Women Focuses on Social Justice in Austin, Texas. Um and which was I think that was originally run in uh, religion news service. But anyway, the point is, is like if Huffington Post is covering you and in a good light, then you're definitely out there. Um, and so when I first came across the if gathering, I I'll be honest, um, because of some of the women who were speaking at it, I just didn't even really pay attention. Um I was just right. like, well, I'm not interested in a conference where um, people who hold heretical views are speaking. Right. Um, like Sarah Bessie and Jen Hatmaker being the first two that come to mind. Um, Sarah Bessie is a woman who considers herself a pastor. She wrote the book Jesus Feminist. I don't think there's like almost a line in the book that um, is orthodox. Right. <laughs> um and then obviously Jen Hatmaker, you know, she's made a lot of waves and we've discussed her before, uh, love it or hate it. But she um, is all for um, gay marriage. She calls it holy. And um, she has some other views that are also not orthodox. They're not right. even heterodox. They're heretical. Um, and so I was just like, well, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't really need to know anything I, else. Yeah. Um, I don't need to go... Right. Because. Right. Um, But over the years, it's just gotten bigger and bigger. And um, some people that, you know, you would consider solid that you wouldn't think twice about have spoken there. Um, And so that's just, I think, brought even more questions for people. Right. Um, And they're definitely in our inbox. (laughs) Yeah. They're there. (laughs) Why a... Why a solid person would speak at a conference, there's a lot of nuance to that. Right. As someone who, I don't, I mean, by no means am I an expert in behind the scenes of conferences, but I've heard enough from people who are behind the scenes. There's there's reasons why people mm-hmm. will speak at a conference that right. they don't necessarily right. line up with every, every single other speaker on, you know. Yeah. Like... Now that I have spoken at a conference, right. I can testify yeah. that not everybody there do I agree with everything on. Right. So that, you know, it just makes you go, it's, okay, well, yeah. what's happening here? It's not always like the, so you looked at the first time you saw it, you saw questionable speakers and you used that as a gauge to whether you were interested in going or being a part of it. And you said no. Right. So it's not always, you will sometimes see solid people. It's not like the 100% gauge of how to tell if something is right heretical or not and that's why we're doing this right (laughs) yes um so i spent the rest of my drive where i was not crying (laughs) (laughs) listening to talks from past if gatherings okay um and i particularly wanted to listen to talks from jenny allen who founded the whole thing Mm -hmm. um and I just, you know, I'm listening and I'm like, oh, when is she going to mention this or this? And then she would eventually. And I was just like, okay, now I understand why it's kind of hard to wade through. Right. Um, so what what is it? Like, what is the problem? And so I'm just going to give you a couple examples of things where I want to um, say, well done to Jenny Allen. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, you missed the mark. Right. Um. And so in one of her talks that I was listening to where she was specifically, is that the word? (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's it. Specifically. um, (laughs) She was specifically talking to people who lead if gatherings. Okay. Um, She was talking about the importance of the local church. And she, I know, and she's saying all this like true, solid biblical stuff about how 
the local church is super important and how if the if gathering disappeared, it wouldn't matter. But the local church is what matters and why they want to focus on equipping the local church and things like that. And I was just like, me Perfect. too. This is great. Um, and it then it was only a couple minutes later that, you know, she kind of made this joke. Um, you know, and then I was like waiting, waiting. I was like, OK, I'm 20 minutes into this thing. And she's talking about how we make believers. And I'm not hearing the gospel. I'm hearing um, that when you're when you're broken or when you're sinning, I'm not hearing sin. I'm hearing kind of like the devil made you do it or the devil is coming after you. Okay. But I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. And then she brings up sin. And I was like, okay, great. Like, Here we go. Yes, um, this is good. Like, this is the next step. Like, you cannot preach the gospel if you don't talk about sin. Right. If there's nothing for you to repent of, if you're just broken, right, you cannot present. There's no need for a savior. So I'm waiting, waiting. She brings up sin. Great. And then almost immediately, she makes a joke about how, um, you know, we need to confess our sins to like confess your sins. You need to be able to confess them. But then she made a joke about like, but if the nearest person next to you is like your mom or your pastor's wife, find someone else. And everyone laughed. And I'm thinking, well, you spent a long time talking about the importance of the local body, but you just undermined it right? by making the confession of sin not something you need to do with someone that you're actually in a relationship with. Right. Because what is the local church body but people that you're in a relationship with? Right. And those are the people you should be confessing your sin to. Yeah. Um, And so it's just, it was a lot of stuff like that. Like, you cannot... Preach the importance of the local body when you're going to remove the necessity of confessing your sin to those people that you're in relationship with. You also can't preach the importance of the local body when you invite speakers that undermine that doctrine. Right. And I'm thinking specifically of um, Jen Hatmaker, who, uh, you know, just, just a couple of weeks ago, she posted, maybe it was a couple of months. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> um, she posted a photo on Twitter like kicking her feet back on the lake. And she's like, this is my church today. And it's like, well, no, no, it's not. Right. And I know that her concept of what the local body is, is not biblical at all. Encapsulated in that picture, but also in other things that she said. So it's like, I can't really take your commitment to the local body seriously when your headliners believe that. Right. Now, I would like to say that I don't, I don't know if Jenny Allen has invited Jen Hatmaker to speak since Jen Hatmaker came right. out for yeah. her support of yeah. um, gay marriage. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to treat her like a sister in Christ and give her latitude on that. Maybe she wouldn't. I, maybe she would. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, another thing she talked about that I thought was really important uh <laughs> when she was talking to the leaders was she was talking about how aesthetics aren't everything. And for me from the outside looking outside looking in, I have been concerned about just like what, what is the if gathering attracting people to? Because it's gorgeous. Yeah. They lay out these long tables. They give you all kinds of treats and like fun things that you can take home. And that is a, a huge part of the if gathering is those beautiful tables that they make that are just right. like these Pinterest worthy yeah. Instagram ready farmhouse table right. settings, like the whole enchilada. And I am super sensitive to churches that have to make the aesthetics pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean I think aesthetics are wrong. Right. Or sinful necessarily. But my question is, well, what kind of person are you attracting Yeah. Um, when it has to be this way to attract them? Right. If you stripped away all of this, would they still come? Right. Um, and so she even said in her talk, she was like, you know, the tables and all the stuff that we give people, they're because we love people and we want to give people beautiful things, but they're not the substance of what we want to give people. And I was like, kudos to Great. you, man. Yeah. Like. That's awesome. And I totally agree with that. Um, But that is something I'm really sensitive to. So anyway, I'm still listening. I'm still listening. And my overall feeling of from listening to her talk and some other people 
people's talks at different conferences over the years is I really do believe that there is a major focus on emotionalism at the conference. The reason I say that is because I listened to one talk that was really hard to listen to, um, not because it was presented poorly or done poorly, but because they brought a mom on stage whose sons only nine months earlier had been killed in a, torn- a tornado. Oh my gosh. And sh- I know. And <laughs> she's relaying this like heart wrenching story. That's just really, really hard to listen to. And she's talking about how, you know, her faith got her through it. And I was reminded of, um, I don't remember if it was her blog or in her book, but Ra- Rachel Jankovic talking about how your the suffering that you go through like, don't hide it because it can be of benefit to the church. Right. And so I think, you know, what she means by that is when you go through something terrible and you're suffering, um, this could be a moment of witness and strengthening other people's faith. And that is really right. important as the body of Christ that we remember that your trials aren't for nothing and that your faith in those times are, are strengthen other people's faith. Right. And so I think that principle was being played out in in having this woman here. And I, I get that. And I don't want to like, I don't want to take away from that at all. Right. But my concern was that a lot of the stories of faith that are told that Jenny Allen also tells in her books that are told at If Gatherings, a common theme is like, here's this really raw emotional story and I still have my faith. Right. But that's the extent of it. That's the depth of it. It's a lot of emotion Mm -hmm. and it's not a lot of pointing people to Christ. Yeah. And so I'm thinking of the times in my life when I've gone through things and I know I'm like, I'm 29, but I've gone through some things. Yeah. And I'm thinking that in those times, what my faith needed, it's not a story of me having a lot of faith. And I think that's a lot of people... They'll hear stories of other people going through hard things and they'll go, wow, like you had so much faith. But that's not really true because in those moments, what you had was a lot of doubt and a lot of Jesus rescuing you from that doubt. And what I needed, I know in my trials and my suffering was I needed the ministering of other saints to point me to Jesus. And in small things and in big things, what is going to rescue you from your hurt and your suffering and your doubt is being pointed to Jesus. Yeah. And knowing Jesus, you know, it's like, I I feel like the phrase Jesus juke has like taken a lot from us. But the truth (laughs) is, is that the way out of despair, the way out of suffering, we're always going to struggle with those things. But it's the times that you have a hard time latching your eyes onto Jesus that you feel those those pains the most so i'm listening to this this story and it's very emotional and i'm i just want to hug this lady right but all you got was the emotional story and not a lot of jesus yeah it was a lot of focus on her and how she impacted others but i was just like waiting to hear well where was jesus in all of this right how can how can you encourage us to be pointed to Jesus and all of this beyond just saying, you know, I had a lot of faith. I think there's a lot of great things in um, stories of people who have come before us in the faith and the struggles that they've gone through. And we can learn Absolutely. from that. Yeah. That's not the point you're making. No, here. No, that's not the point I'm making. The point is that like story time mm-hmm. is it's beneficial. Mm hmm. And some people have an amazing story to tell at story time. Yes. But yes. how beneficial to a conference is it if there's no... I don't think that women need any more emotionalism than we're already We don't need more story time. We no. already have it. Yeah. You, like every day of my life, every moment of my life <laughs> yes. is a story. It's yes. either a fake thing that yes. I'm making up yep. or it's a real thing that's happening. Yep. That I'm adding some flourish to. Yep. I already have fake conversations that will never happen and have never happened in my head. Yes. All the time. All the time. I feel like we are always um, 
we need to be pulled away from emotions more than run to them. Now right. there's nothing wrong with emotions. Let's not even, we could do an entire episode on emotions. Um, but I feel like there's just a, a an overemphasis on emotionalism that could be damaging for women who are already given to that. Right. Um, so that was difficult. But in all of that, in listening to her talk to the leaders, I just, something really, I started, I started having an uneasy feeling and I was like, okay, what am I picking up on right now that's making me feel right. weird? What is she saying? Well, what kept happening was she's talking about, she's saying then God told me a lot. Okay. Now, we have definitely covered God told me and yeah. what we think about that. Um, I struggle with a conference. One, so one of the great things about the conference is that they talk a lot about being in the scripture and and that's a good thing. And they point women to read the Bible and all these things. And they say that the Bible is sufficient. However, I don't think in practicality that's actually walked out in what they teach. Um, you know, so she says a lot of things like, and then God told me, or right. then God said, some of the other speakers at the conference have played out like fake conversations that they think are happening between Jesus and their loved ones in heaven, which you might just pass on by if you're not really paying right. attention. Um, obviously, that makes me very uncomfortable because we, whenever someone says God told me, the right question is like, okay, well, what chapter and verse? Like, where did God tell right. you that? Are you claiming special revelation right now? Right. Yeah. Because whether Jenny believes it, hears it or not, she does claim special revelation quite often when she says things like, and then God told me this, and then God told me that. I've never had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with her, so I don't, I can't say this is what she means by that. Right. But in her book, Restless, um, she does a lot of paraphrases, very loose paraphrases okay. of scripture. Um. And she basically, she calls them paraphrases of the Bible, but they're not. They're like her paraphrase of scripture. Okay. And I just don't understand if you're someone who believes in the sufficiency of scripture and you want to use a Bible verse to draw a point from or, or draw a principle from, then why do you need to completely reword it? Like, why wouldn't you just quote scripture right. at that point? Um, so that in context with like her use of scripture is usually very, it's very quick. There's not a lot of explanation. It can be very paraphrased. She's saying things like God told me. It just, it's not biblical. Right. Like it's just, it's just not biblical. Right. Um, well, and this is, it feels like it feels weird. And I think it's maybe part of the reason why we didn't want to do it. Or at least for me, mm -hmm. like there's this, <clears throat> For for as much as we don't seem like people pleasers, we still have that like non confrontational mm -hmm. part of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's this fear for me that this is going to come across as nitpicky, right? But I think how I'd like it to come across and how we mean it is that there are certain things that appear well and good at face value, mm -hmm. but sometimes like that doesn't mean those things are all good mm -hmm. and it's okay mm -hmm. if you're seeking out ways to equip yourself and educate yourself and exhort yourself mm -hmm. like going to a conference it would be okay to say i just don't know for sure like they say some good things but they also say some stuff i don't agree with yeah i don't like it all seems very fine. Right. I would say don't, I'm trying to put this into my best words possible. Um, don't let the appearance of everything being fine be trump, enough. trump like yeah. any weirdness you might feel yeah. about right. some other stuff that's going on. Right. And, and I think it just seems like it's like there's, there's just enough Mm -hmm. to put her finger on yeah and so you feel weird calling it out because you don't right. want it to appear as though yeah you have this huge problem and you're slandering someone you certainly we don't want to put words in anyone's mouth or thoughts right. in anyone's like we don't right. know what everyone's thinking right but there is enough 
I definitely have no interest in throwing Jenny Allen out of the kingdom. Right. Um, but people asked about the right. gathering and this is what we have to say. Yeah. And I do have some. Um, so my friend Rebecca Womble has this really great blog um, where she reviews Christian books that are mostly written by females. And it's called wiseinhiseyes.com. And she actually doesn't get a chance to do this much anymore, but that website is still up and I'll link to it. And she has a rather thorough review of Jenny Allen's book, Restless. And so there's a couple things from her review that I'd like to point out because they are, one of them is heretical. That doesn't mean I believe Jenny Allen is a heretic. I think there's room for her to maybe um, have been misunderstood or would be willing to correct herself. But at one point in her book, Restless, um, she said, Jesus promised to give us himself in a very useful form, a form that would invade us and pour through us, comfort us and equip us and remind us that we are headed to a better, a, a home better than the one we will risk for him now. And she's talking about the Holy Spirit. So she says in this section that the Holy Spirit is a form of Jesus, which would be right. a heresy because yeah. um, the Holy Spirit is not a form Right. Of Jesus. He yeah. is a person. He is mm-hmm. the third person in the Trinity. And he's not for our use. Like he's not controlled right. by us. Right. So do you see, like, compare what you just said to what I just said a second ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems right. Right. But if it's not right, you don't you don't have to go to the person's front door with pitchforks. But you can <laughs> right. also say, like... You can yeah. make a distinction for yourself and say, I yeah. feel like she is not, she's not what I want to equip myself with. Right. So I'm not going to read that book. Right. I'm not going to tell everyone she's not a believer and that she's a right. heretic. But yeah, maybe this was a simple mistake. Maybe right. it was just not a careful wording. I don't know. I can't read. I don't know. Right. I've never had, I've never sat down with Jenny Allen and asked her what her views on the Trinity are. Right. But she published a book and this is what she published and this is right. what it says and that's a heresy. Yeah. Right. Um, and I do think it needs to be called out and I would love for her to be able to correct it or, you know, whatever, whatever she has whatever to say it about it. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I'll point out a couple other things and then we'll, we'll give some closing thoughts on it. Um, and this is, these are also points that um, are in the book review that I recommended to you. Um, <clears throat> Alan, so in her book, she tries to persuade husbands to unleash their wives and allow them to run with, quote, wild abandon into the dreams they've concocted of themselves, even if there's a possibility that their motivations are selfish. Well, and so keep in mind, too, that unleash is a part of this if statement. Yes. It's equip, gather, equip, unleash. unleash. Yeah. And so this... Again, I I don't think I'm being nitpicky. No. But when they say unleash, what they mean is that you've been leashed. Right. Yeah. And you need to, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and you're not like you need to unleash yourself so that you can go out into the world and um be brave and yeah. and not be that thing that you were before. Right. And but and she does put a lot of emphasis on dreams. Um, right. And how important dreams are, which I don't believe is biblical. Right. Um, and this kind of teaching of like feeling your calling, like can be really dangerous. And because right. we've talked about this. Yeah. A ton. You can't confuse your emotions with God's will. Right. That's your emotions are not indicators of God's will. Right. Um, and you can follow your dreams. Sure. But look at us. You can't <laughs> sin on the way there. Right. Right. Like if you if you've always wanted to live your your best eat pray love life, right? You cannot leave no. your family, and so like that's where it gets a little bit hairy because right. we I'm totally willing to accept that they don't mean leave your family to go live right. out Julia Roberts eat pray love. <laughs> right. I know that's not what they mean. No. But that is that's what it sounds it could like. Mean it. it could mean it that. Could mean that. Like, and people do use their dreams and their emotions to leave their families for right. unbiblical reasons all the time. Right. Right. And that's it, simply at the end of the day, enough to say about that is that it's not biblical. Right. Christian women are not 
exhorted to exhibit any kind of wild abandon or following their dreams or trying to decipher from their dreams what God's will is. Right. And her book Restless really depends a lot on the message of following your dreams in this way. And you certainly don't activate the Holy Spirit as like a tool right. to follow like your dreams. Like he's been sleeping on me. Now I need to like wake him up and right. put him really to use. get out there and live my life. That's not the biblical no. teaching at all. And so I'm just, my exhortation to Jenny Allen is to really, you know, she has such a large audience. It's a huge responsibility. And this kind of unbiblical language is dangerous and you need to be more responsible with it. Yeah. Um, Okay, so moving on, another one um, is that she said on page 83 of Restless that God believes that our relationship, God believes that our relationship could not be thwarted by your sin. Um, and as Rebecca points out, while well, the clear teaching of scripture is that sin does separate us from a God, from God. So God's holiness and judgment and wrath toward man are totally missing from her point there. Um, there's a lot of misuse and misunderstanding on her part of the effects of sin, what sin even is. Um, it's just the the wrath and holiness of God, like it's it's frequently um, put in a biblical context. And so, you know, all of these things combined um, make me very concerned. And I think that, if you are, if you're young in the faith, especially, uh, these things are going to fly right past you. Right. My largest concern is that um, I don't believe that the f- the faith or the gospel that's preached here is complete. I think it. I think at times, not only is it not orthodox, it can and has in the past strayed into the heretical. Um, and I think that 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 kind of in between place that this conference lives in can be very can be more right. dangerous than the outright heretical right. stuff. That's what well, and that's the thing is that um, I was actually talking about this recently. Um, one of the like Bible study I'm in is reading a commentary on First Timothy, and it's talking about apostasy, mm-hmm. and we all agreed. That some that sometimes the most dangerous things are the things that don't look dangerous. Yes, exactly. Um, it's like, oh, I can't quite put my finger on yes. it. There's nothing really wrong. Yes, they have the Nicene Creed on their website. Mm. Like it's mm-hmm. so that, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm what I'm not saying in this is that, like, be careful. It's evil. I'm just <laughs> right. saying that sometimes, <laughs> right. if something does look really good that makes it more easy for you to fall for it. Right. (laughs) Um, And so don't like what we're saying is that you'd have to be discerning about the if gathering. Yes. Because if you discern a little bit, you'll see some things that you. Yes. That are really concerning. Yeah. That are are unbiblical that do need to be um, repented of. I'll go ahead and use that word since I'm the one who's like, you need to use biblical language. I'll go right. ahead and use it. Um, there are things that Jenny has written in her book. There are speakers, there are heretical speakers that she's invited to her conferences, and that does need to be repented of. What I would love to see is Jenny and her team and the people who put this on um, use biblical language. Um, don't dilute the gospel don't play to women's emotionalism right i would love to see them do that mm-hmm. because like i said i'm not th- i'm not throwing them out of the kingdom yeah um not everyone you know the second you become a christian you don't have you don't like grasp all of the trinity you know what i mean like right i'm willing to divide over the issue of the trinity it is a central christian doctrine that you you can't get wrong but I know people who have been saved out of charismatic churches and oneness Pentecostalism and all right. these things. And they were believers before they had a firm right. biblical grasp on such a deep, Absolutely. complex doctrine. And that's okay. Yeah. But Jenny Allen is leading conferences, 400,000 women, and she's publishing best-selling books, and she's not getting it right there. Right. And that is my concern. And my concern isn't isn't just for... The women who are listening, who might not be discerning, who can't catch this stuff, but 
for Jenny Allen herself because she has been given a large platform. And let me tell you, I come up here and sit in front of this microphone sometimes with fear and trembling. Yeah. And we have a quarter of our audience. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's a huge, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird position to be in mm-hmm. to realize the responsibility right. that you have. Yeah. So some of us don't have a responsibility that reaches quite as far. Right. Like if your responsibility reaches to your kids, still a huge responsibility. Yeah. Yes. Um, And what we should all take away, regardless of how far. Right. We are reaching Mm -hmm. how many if we're if we're if people who are hearing us say things that are across the country or across the world or Mm -hmm. across the room. Right. Like we we are responsible. Yes. For what we say so it's not it's not enough of an argument to just say like well maybe she just is still growing and has a lot to learn like that's that should that can't be be true but it's not an excuse well and it's not an excuse for any of us right either right so we're given a responsibility and it's yeah it doesn't that doesn't work that's a very good point yeah Yeah. so I Which guess. is convicting for me. It's definitely not like I don't even mean that mm. as a slam against her. No, like, no, no, no. It's, it's a lesson for me too. Yeah. Like, I want. <laughs> I want to just stop now because I, I, know. I want. I want to extend grace. I want to recognize that there are believers who go to these conferences. Um. I want well, to because it's beautiful. It is. It is. It's beautiful. I, I know exactly why they decorate it the way they do and all that. Yeah. It's because a lot I wanna of people. I want to go. I want the swag. Right. It's yeah. great. Right. I want it. You know what I mean? But I well, have... and it's like all done for you, especially yeah. for women. Women spend so much time serving other people. They come to a thing, and it's you it get, looks beautiful, yeah. and it looks nice, and it looks clean, and they Relax. didn't have to do any of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, it sounds so nice, and I really, you know, as I was listening to Jenny over three hours this morning um you know there were real moments of praise that i had where she's just laying it down i mean when she's talking about what a disciple is she was right when she was talking about what the local body is she was right i mean then as i already went through so i won't go through again she didn't walk that out in practical application but if you go there you will hear some truth yeah. And that's that's 100% true. And you will be encouraged to read your Bible. And these things will happen. But for me, I, my final thought on the if gathering is there are just too, there are too many negatives. There's It really outweighs any good that, that could be done. There's too many reasons to be careful. There's too many reasons to be concerned to be excited right. for the conference for me. And my loving call to the people who put the conference on who are a part of all of that would to be really to sit down and reassess right reassess the language they use it's not biblical um reassess the way that like my question is is if you if you took away all the stuff and if you stuck to biblical language if you were more precise if you weren't inviting heretical teachers that have really, really big names, would you still be reaching 400,000 women? And if not, where's your heart in that? Right. So that's it. Oh, can I be done? Yeah. We can be done. <laughs> okay. I feel like I haven't breathed in half an hour. <laughs> it's intense. Okay. It's intense in here. It's so intense. <sighs> Woo. Next week will be more fun. Right. Um, a lot of fun. Do you, where are we at on this? How long have we been recording? I don't know. We're good. Ask okay. me something fun. I need to like, or do well, you... I'm going to tell you about something fun. Okay. Tell me about something. I'm going to tell you about fun. our okay. feminist of the week. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You started and telling even, me. And I'm I don't even really know how this okay. fits the title feminist of the week. It's just a really cool, interesting okay. thing that I found in I love feminist it. history. I already love whatever it is. Um, and I don't even know if I would give it the title like the suffragettes are involved, which is why I give it the title feminist. Well, you but know, I also think some of it is sort of warranted. You know, so we're very precise. <laughs> so this is so weird for us to go outside of the box like this. <laughs> we always follow the rules. We always follow all of them. <laughs> okay. okay. So I am going to tell you about hat pins. <laughs> In the ner- the early 1900s. I have always wondered about 
hat pins. So hat pins are this little skewer. They okay. usually have like a pretty flourish on the end, mm-hmm. um, like a pearl or it t- totally depends on the time period that you're talking about. Obviously. Um, <laughs> and uh, you stick them in your hat and use them to like stabilize hats on your head. Because the your hair reason- is so long. You have a lot of things going on on <laughs> your head. Well, right? So the reason why nobody knows what hat pins are anymore is because hats are not. A thing. A thing anymore. No. And if they are, they're not huge and right. massive and have like birds on them. <laughs> so we there's... should go like antiquing and try to find hat pins. Oh, yeah. I bet we could find them easily. Oh, yeah. Keep um, talking. I'm going to grab okay. the ad though. Okay. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> this is going to be weird with you not at the tiny table. Right it's already been a weird day. Um, so women used to wear these massive, massive hats with animals on them and feathers and tool and all this stuff and so a hat that big needs to be stabilized on your head you get a hat pin it's pretty on the end you stab it in the hat through your hair i assume never worn one and then your hat doesn't fall off yeah riding the trolley or something yeah sometimes you women would wear up to 12 hat pins so it's it's a pin i'm gonna interrupt you real quick okay should my advil be sweating like that why are my advil sweating oh one of them must have popped open in there just still take it right yeah it's fine <laughs> okay okay keep going <laughs> oh gosh there's some doctor listening that's like oh don't take a sweaty advil why is your advil sweating they're just tired it's fine <laughs> everything's fine it's been hard today okay okay sorry Hat okay pin. okay so there was a period of time believe it or not we're not gonna get i'm just giving the facts i'm not really gonna give you an opinion on how i feel about this period of time but there was a period of time where women were not really allowed to walk around on the street unaccompanied mm-hmm. yeah. by a man okay um and it was definitely considered illegal to talk to a woman <laughs> you know what i wish it's not accompanied was. i'll give you my opinion by a man <laughs> i wish it was still illegal for anyone to talk to me without my husband um because I mean, just last night in the car rental place, the guy literally said to me, he literally said to me, you know, he saw my name was Summer and he, yeah. he goes, you know what? Sometimes when you have like a nice, pretty name, like it just makes you seem prettier than you are. <laughs> yeah. And he totally thought it was a compliment. Right. It wasn't. It yeah. Was, it wasn't. Yeah. Well, you may want to get a hat pin. OK. After okay, I sorry. tell you this story. <laughs> so I'm longing for better days. <laughs> So, okay. so there was a group of men called mashers that was like their slang term. And it was it was essentially it was a group of men that would dress up and sort of present themselves in a way to where they would appear more trustworthy. And wait, they, wait, wait. What kind of clothes make you appear more trustworthy? Well, back in that day, there were like if you were wearing clothes that weren't covered in soot. Right. Like okay. if you weren't wearing your, it was very street discernible whether or not you were wealthy and put together because you didn't like you were dirty at home back then. Now we don't know what that is. Like we just go out. However, my kids do. <laughs> but <laughs> but back then, like okay. when you were going out, yeah. you would be put together. You'd have your hat on with all your pins in it. Right, right, right. Um, okay. And then if you right. didn't, it would be assumed that you were working or you were poor, or you were panhandling okay. or whatever. So we're talking about people who generally weren't wealthy dressing they may up to have look not been like they were wealthy but it, however they were yeah they dressed up with the specific intent to appear more trustworthy um and then what they would do is they would find ways to talk to women who were unaccompanied <laughs> by a man <laughs> like help them off the trolley um or they would carry some of them would carry letters in their pocket and they would drop one and then they would say ma'am you dropped this letter uh, and so nothing um, has changed. Yeah. Well, and so I know. Uh, and so women, <laughs> they at a certain point, they had this newfound freedom where they could go out on their own. Right. And it was considered OK and it was for them terrible. to be out on and their then own. Mashers happened. But I hate these guys. Would, these guys would now see women alone and they would try to. You know, like. Be whatever they were trying to do okay. i can only assume yeah <laughs> it's bad things mm-hmm. um so what would happen is that women started using their hat pins 
to defend themselves should the situation arise. So, for example... If you hand me that letter, I'm going to stab you with my hat pin. (laughs) Is what happened? Well, no. Okay. So, what these mashers would do, it wasn't like they were just like, here, you dropped your letter, and then they hand it to you, (laughs) and you'd say, or you'd say, oh, that's not my letter. You'd be like, all right, goodbye. (laughs) Like, that was good enough. Whoa, (laughs) that that was... That flirtation was... Wow. Gee whiz. I mean, you never know. Wowie zowie. (laughs) You never know. It was a different time. Right. But so usually when the stabbings would happen, (laughs) because they were stabbings, because hat pins can be like a foot long. Oh. (laughs) And they're sharp. Yeah. They are sharp. Yeah. Especially everything old timey is dangerous. It's like made with arsenic, basically. (laughs) They're like, you dip it in mercury and it holds your hat so much better. Flawless. (laughs) I love it. Okay. But so what would happen is like the trolley would or like the cable car would bounce and then they'd like bounce. People would bounce into each other. That was all natural. That was all normal. Right. But then these guys would sort of like keep scooting closer every time it bounced. And then eventually they'd like put their arm around the woman, Mm. which was considered scandalous. Yeah. Back in the time. Good. I still should be. for the man and for the woman. Like she didn't want to be seen as someone that would just let a stranger put Right. Like touch her even. Yeah, I I don't want to be seen that way. Right. Or they would help they would help them <laughs> off the cable cars. Yeah. And they would like grab them around the waist and help them <gasps> down. How that's that but would not, be scandalous now though. Let's right, be honest. Right. Like, and not but not solicited. Not like, hey, right. can you help me down off this high thing? They, just grab they were you. just like, I'm just gonna grab your waist right now. Get out of my life. So it got to the point where so much of this was happening that Places like cities started trying to regulate whether or not women could wear hats because they were just stabbing boys right and left. Because <laughs> yeah, they would. I mean, you'd get too close, you'd be inappropriate, and women would just take a hat pin and just like give you a good poke. <laughs> like, I, and yeah, we're, we're, that sounds very innocuous, but yeah. what I mean by that is that they would stab they would you, stab you with their foot long hat pin. <laughs> And all I'm saying is that sometimes part of the hat pin would break off, oh get into your bloodstream, and, and then kill, kill you. you. It, but the life, thing is, is like, life is dangerous, was it self-defense? Man. I mean, if someone's grabbing you, right. I mean, it's probably a little bit much to just stab them. But if you don't know, like, what their intentions are, if you don't, yeah. especially back in that time, yeah. it was considered... Like, you're really invading somebody's space right, right now. Yeah. I mean, if a strange man if someone touched on me the in public, subway, I would freak touched out. Touched you on your waist, I would freak. I would out. stab him with a weapon. <laughs> yeah, you know no, what I mean. I'm not down like, with that. Like, get you off don't of know. Me. Like, it all seems we view that time and yeah. we're like, oh, everyone was just sort of like walking around, right? And well, I <laughs> nobody mean, nobody was really doing anything, but they totally were. They would feel the like, same. They were also human beings, right? Yeah. And we listen to so much true crime. I mean, if somebody yeah. even like breathed too hard on oh, me no. in public, I'd be like, stop trying to kill if me. If a guy was getting closer and closer and closer I'd to be me, gone. and then put his arm around I'd me, disappear. I would. I'd fight back yeah. or disappear oh, yeah. or scream bloody murder. Yeah. So that's what these women were doing. But it got to the point where yeah, the government was trying to legislate hat pins. I mean, the government is So you know how it all ended? What? It didn't matter because hat fashion changed and nobody wore hat pins anymore. So essentially, <laughs> women solved the problem right. that the men created. Right. Like, we couldn't even have hats <laughs> because... Because of you. Of you. We were just now getting to walk around alone. <laughs> and now we can't wear hats. Right. Because you're attacking us and we're responding. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite feminist of the week. Yeah. Like, for sure. Super interesting, right? And I really, 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 at some point, we need to go antiquing and find some hat pins. Sure. And they just need to be a part of this oh, yeah. office. Yes, definitely. Oh, I'm going to go antiquing and find one to just carry around. for To just parents. have and be like, listen up, government. You can't regulate me out of this. <laughs> Uh -uh. I'm walking around by myself and I'm carrying a hat pin. (laughs) All right, guys. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Mm, I loved that story. Thank you for that. (laughs) All right, guys. um, Please, please, please. We still need you. Partner with us on patreon.com slash theologians. Your monthly donation allows us to do this every week. Mm -hmm. And um, next week is going to be really exciting because we have our biggest guest yet. And... It's going to be on Facebook Live. 
So get ready. Um, if you're not already following us on Facebook or Instagram, fix that. Right, because um, you'll miss our because you'll miss Facebook like, Live. Yeah, interview. We're also with this gonna person. we're also gonna drop the interview. Um, obviously in your podcast feed, right. but there's video, so go watch it. But why aren't you? Why aren't you? Right on our Facebook. Right. Also. So our Instagram <laughs> is Have you had your soup today? And we're just sheologians on Facebook. Did I have to explain that? <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. That's all I have for this week. Me too. Hey, bye. Bye. Started for Huntington.